Sports Radio 929 the game, 929thegame.com. My name is Garrett Chapman. This is Abe Gordon. We are college football overtime. We're gonna be taking you up all the way to the end of the season, getting you ready for everything that is college football. And since we're past week zero, we got week one coming up. We're ready to get going. So this is gonna be a big thing. It's starting off every single Monday morning, uh, starting your day, your week off right with some college football. Uh, so Abe, how are you feeling, man? Dude, I mean, like, football's back. It's here. Like, I mean, I know it's kind of just week zero, but, like, it's nice to just get away from all that realignment crap, which, like, I really got burnt out on, like, big time. Uh, it's just enough of that. And and we had football this weekend. It was fun to watch. Um, but we're, we're really heading towards week one, which is the real deal, and starts on Thursday. So I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. It's going to be a very exciting week. Not a lot of exciting matchups, not a ton of the big ones, a couple of cupcakes here and there, but we got a, we got a couple that we're going to talk about uh, coming up here this Saturday for the inaugural college football game time. It's going to be John Fricky, Abe Gordon, and, of course, myself right there on every, on Saturday mornings on Sports Radio 92 on the game, and it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, 8 a.m. to noon, as we're going to get you ready for all of the college football action on every single Every single Saturday. So we're really very much looking forward to that, especially this Thursday. Got the your Florida Gators taking on Utah, traveling all the way out west. How are you feeling about that one so far? Not great. Uh, I, I have no reason to believe after how the game looked a year ago in which mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson kind of like – I mean, if you remember where we were a year ago, Anthony Richardson ended week one as like the Heisman favorite. And uh, yeah. it, it took that kind of effort for Florida to just barely squeak by – Utah, of course, that was in the swamp. Now you're going out to Utah. Still a little iffy on what's going on with their quarterback situation entering the start of the season uh, health-wise. But um, unfortunately, I know what the Florida quarterback situation is. I'm not overly excited about it. I don't feel great, but, uh, hey, man, uh, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get a little surprise from the Gators in Billy Napier's mm-hmm. second year. Crazier things have certainly happened. Uh, but then we go through Saturday afternoon, lots of college football. That's officially week one, uh, tons of stuff. And, of course, we're going to break it all down on college football game time. Sunday, Florida State, LSU, that's probably the game I'm most excited about. Um, any early thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just the game that a team can prove the most in. Like, yeah. like, like there are a couple of other games – that do draw my interest, including that one right here uh, Friday night as Georgia Tech and Louisville. Uh, I'm very interested to see what the Louisville uh, squad is going to look like this year. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it just that that Florida State, the LSU game, like whoever comes out of that is going to have a real, a real shout to be the best team in their conference, whichever ACC or SEC. It'll be real interesting to see how that plays out. Absolutely. And it's, it's one of those games uh, that you don't have to win necessarily. But if you want to go play for a national championship, it's going to be pretty important down the road, especially since this, they're two out-of-conference games. So both teams, even if they lose, everything's going to be set up in front of them. You look at LSU, they lost this game last year uh, when they played it over in, in uh, New Orleans, uh, the, the kickoff game last, last year for week one. And then, of course, they go on and play in the SEC title game, and they had pretty much everything still uh, – Pretty well in front of them. So they were able to get it all knocked out. But really excited to be here. So college football overtime. Let me kind of break this, all of what we're going to be talking about down. Um, we're going to get into some conference winners. We're going to go quickly around the country. So we're kind of simulating across the nation, which is one of our comment, which is one of our segments on college football game time. Uh, and then we're going to get into some SEC and ACC talk, trying to see who, who maybe do some wild card players could be, maybe some uh, who, who we think are the, the, the big favorites coming in. 
And then finally, we'll finish up with our college football playoff picks. So, Abe, how about this? Let's start on the West Coast for what might be the last year of the Pac-12 after all of the conference realignment conversation that you mentioned just a bit earlier. What are your feelings in the West Coast? Yeah, I mean, I hate to be boring and, and just go with the favorite, uh, but we did see them uh, over the weekend there, and that's USC. They got the returning mm-hmm. Heisman. Uh, you've got a defense that has welcomed in a lot of transfers over the last two years. They should be better. I, I just think it's enough. I, I, I don't think they're great. I don't know if we're talking about them crashing into the college football playoffs, uh, but I think USC is is good enough to get it done. But it, the Pac-12 is really one of the more fun conferences. Like, like you do have USC, but it feels like there's four or five teams who are really worth watching. And it would not surprise me to have two or three different guys that could potentially go to the Heisman ceremony out of that conference. And certainly, like I said, maybe three or four other teams outside of SC that could even win this thing. So it's, it's probably the toughest one to predict, at least in my opinion, but I, I still am just, I'm boring. It's lame, but I'm going to go with the favorite. I'm taking the defending Heisman trophy winner, Caleb Williams, USC, the offense, hopefully a little bit better defense. And uh, I think they get it done again this year. See, I think you finished it with it. it they just don't play enough defense over there in Los Angeles. I, I'm, no. It makes me a little bit concerned. We saw it last night, uh, or I guess on Saturday, uh, against San Jose State. I mean, it concerns me a little bit. I mean, if you Good. can, once they can put together a, a strong defense, I think, or at least a, like a semblance of a defense, you know, then I think they, uh, then they might have a better shot at doing it. Maybe a year, every every now and then. But I think one team that I'm looking at is Oregon. I think Oregon's going to be a very interesting team with Bo Nix coming back at quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. up there at Washington. Those are two very strong teams. Don't don't forget the defending Pac-12 champion, Utah, the team you have the Florida Gators taken on week one. Uh, But I think it's going to come down to Oregon. I think that's just, it's Bo Nix's time. Dan Lanning, second year over there uh, in, in, in Oregon. So I think he's got the, the team moving in the right direction. I think Bo Nix is the guy to get it done at the quarterback position. And really the other team that I mentioned, Washington, I think that's a bit of a wild card for this conference because Michael Phoenix Jr., he was over at Indiana. Uh, he was pretty good over in Indiana in that COVID year. And then he just all of a sudden once uh, wasn't. And, and then he comes back out to the West Coast and has kind of a resurgent season in his first year out in, in, in the Pac-12. But I think he can come back and replicate what he did last year. So if he's able to do that, I know he'd make Andy Bunker a very happy man if, if they can keep driving the Bulldogs of Washington up to uh, – or the Huskies, rather. I just call them the Bulldogs. The Huskies yeah. to uh, to a conference championship. But I think it's going to run through through Oregon. I think it's going to be a very interesting season. Like you mentioned, like the Pac-12 has about four or five teams that I think have a very good shot at making some damage in that conference. Yeah, and I'll throw one more in there that you didn't mention. It, it, it's another guy that's going out west over there at Oregon State. And what can DJ? Yeah. What can DJU do? I, I mean, this is a guy that we talked about for how many years as the next great Clemson quarterback, and it didn't show up. It didn't work out, uh, and, and they each went uh, their separate ways, as mm-hmm. it were. Uh, but maybe back west, maybe a little bit more comfortable, maybe a little bit less pressure, uh, and we'll see if he can rise because. From everything we've heard the whole time is he's got the talent. Uh, can he bring that out? But, yeah, I, all the schools you mentioned, plus Oregon State, it, it, there's a lot of wild cards in, in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, and talk about a 10-ton chip on the shoulder. Oregon State, one of the teams that was left out in the cold 
uh, when all of these other teams realigned with the other conferences. Um, and Jonathan Smith, I mean, he's a hell of a coach. He was the Pac-12 coach of the year in 2022. Uh, he has a more talented roster. It was a young roster last year, strong defense, and and now you had in a DJU, like you mentioned. I'm, I'm really excited to see what those guys can do. They won, they won double-digit games last year. And and a lot of people, for anybody who wants to scoff at what the Pac-12 was last year or what they could be this year, they finished the 2022 season with the same number of ranked programs as the SEC. So give them their respect but, because they are certainly a bit of top half, bottom half disparity. But we, you know, well, well, yeah, that's a different discussion. <laughs> but I mean, hey, the facts are facts. You know, facts are facts. Um, all right, so Abe, let's move into the Big 12 real quick. So you talked about favorites, and I'm going to tell you my favorite, Texas. I think Texas, I don't want to say Texas is back. I'm not going to come around there. But I think they win the Big 12. I think Quinn Ewers plus A.D. Mitchell, who's the number one receiver in the portal last year. And, of course, everybody everybody from Georgia knows who he is. He made some of the most important plays in program history in Athens. Uh, now he is a Texas Longhorn, and he's got Steve Sarkeesian calling the plays for him and Quinn Ewers throwing him the ball. And don't forget about Xavier Worthy on the outside. They have a ton of talent, and – I think they're the they're going to carry the flag in the Big 12 this coming season. Yeah, I really don't know how you make an argument elsewhere. Uh, I mean, you can say what you want about Texas Tech or, or, or TCU. I mean, are they really going to do mm-hmm. what they did last year? Don't forget, they didn't even win the division or, or excuse me, the conference. Kansas yeah. State took that home. Um, and, and what's going on with Oklahoma? Like, where are the Sooners? And I know they had a good offense last year. They averaged like 33 points a game. It was one of the best in, in the nation, but uh, any semblance of defense is not welcome right there in, in uh, Norman. It, it's a no-show. I'm with you. Uh, again, you've got probably the best quarterback in the division. You have probably the best overall offense in the division, some of the best athletes uh, in that conference. It, it's just – it feels like it's Texas's to lose. I don't even honestly think it's remotely close in terms of yeah. who's up there in a group. And now uh, there are a lot of teams I'm excited to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Kansas is going to do as a follow-up last year. They started off red hot, quarterback goes down, then they kind of meander their way through the rest of the season just being so-so. Uh, yeah. or, or do they look like they're – I mean, even if it's not like – they're not going to play with Texas, but are they fun again? I, I, so th- There are storylines, but it's, it's Quinn Ewers, it's Texas. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I, I mean – in the past couple of years, the Big 12 has been a bit of a snake that finds its tail and just starts eating itself. That's just kind of what it's been over the last couple of years. And it almost happened last year with TCU, like you mentioned. They, Of course, Kansas State is your defending champion. Uh, they are third on the Vegas odds at plus 500. The Oklahoma Sooners, year two of Brent Venables, plus 340. Last I think year, the, Brent Venables. Uh, Brent Venables had a very difficult <laughs> year. If he loses another game like he did to Texas, I don't think that's going to be a, a very long stint out there in Norman, but uh, it's it's a tough situation for those teams because they got to go play a, a Texas team that I think is going to be flying high, uh, especially if they can go on the road. I had somebody on off the bench over there on 92.9 the game last weekend who said that uh, Texas might actually beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So if they are able to do something like that, then the whole season flips around and and we're talking about them not just winning the big 12 we're talking about them winning a national championship and that's going to completely change the course of their season so that's what i'm really looking at in the big 12 uh but can they get past the power five they're 39 and 37 in the past seven years or so uh so they're pretty average so is texas back 
I guess we're going to find out. And week two is going to come really quickly. Let's move up to the Northern Country, the team that likes to absorb everybody else. It's not going to be the Northern Country for much longer soon. It's going to include the West Coast, the Big Ten. Ohio State is, of course, your favorite at plus 165. Michigan at plus 170. Penn State at plus 600. And then Wisconsin coming in at number four at plus 750. Abe Gordon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, a a lot of people have gotten this push for Michigan, and and rightfully so, after what they've done the past two years. I I think Mm -hmm. that tide goes in the other direction, though. I I do think the Buckeyes restore order uh, in in the the, the Big Ten this year. They have the best player potentially in the country in in that wide receiver uh, who got concussed and and is still crying about it. But, uh, look, I, I, I just think that, Ryan Day can't possibly lose to Michigan a third straight year. I just don't see it happening. I think people are a little bit too hot and heavy. This is just my opinion on JJ McCarthy. I think he's a good player. I, I I don't, you know, we're talking about some of the best quarterbacks in the college game. I'm not sure I'm sliding him in there right now. So, um, and again, that's just my opinion. We'll see how healthy Blake Corum is, and 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 obviously they've got a nice one-two punch at the running back position. But I think things go back for the Buckeyes. I refuse to believe that Penn State is in this discussion. Like you can tell me however many times you want that they're a preseason top ten team. I'm just not going to buy it. Like they they're going to lose two out of three big games at some stretch of the season. So uh, I I think uh, it, you know I talked about this on my weekend show. You've got Michigan that's been the hunted, or excuse me, the mm-hmm. hunter, and now now they're going to be the hunted, and that role is flipped. And Ohio State is now the hunter, at least in a perception manner. Uh, and, and I think they get things right there for Ryan Day and, and do end up winning, uh, largely because of Abuka and Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't leave out Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord, eh, Ryan Day has a pretty exemplary record with first-year starting quarterbacks who, I mean, just go look at the, the laundry list of quarterbacks that he's Ohio done. State has been quarterback you. It's and, been and, and I know it hasn't necessarily worked out in the NFL in, in yeah. terms of how those guys have performed at the next level, and, and that's a running joke, and you don't want to take this guy, and that's why this guy, you know, C.J. Stroud, you don't want to – don't draft him. But, but realistically, you look over the past probably, what, 15, 20 years, Garrett? No, no country – no country, excuse me. No, no school has put – consistently top quarterbacks into the NFL the the way that Ohio State has. Again, it hasn't necessarily worked out for these guys, but year after year after year, those guys are among the best in college football. And like you said, I don't expect that to change this year. No. I mean, mean, you look at the list of them. I mean, you have C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, and Dwayne Haskins. Those are his last three starting quarterbacks, right? All three of them went in the first round. Like, I mean, that's you, not you a mistake. go even back to like JT Barrett and Cardell. Oh, Jones you can go all the way back. All, I mean, it, it doesn't yeah. stop. It doesn't and stop. And Ryan, that's Ryan Day. And that's Ryan Day. And I, and I, I firmly believe it's going to continue with Kyle McCord. Um, and then if you just look at those, the first year rankings, those guys are almost always going, taking trips to, to New York City for the Heisman Trophy ceremony, uh, or at least they're in the running for it late in the season. And you, and you talked about the, the two wide receivers. Uh, Marvin Harrison is the best player in the country. I, I mean, do? he's, it just, He's the reincarnation of Julio Jones. I mean, the dude is is everything that you could possibly dream about in a wide receiver. Um, but until Ryan Day gets over the top at Michigan, I can't really – I can't pick him. I feel I you. I just um, – I'm going to go with Michigan. Uh, I, I just have to. I think J.J. McCarthy is going to be a great, a great player for the Michigan Blue. Uh, and that running back room, I think they've yeah. dominated Ohio State. And it's not – just the fact that you have the great wide receivers or the great quarterback play 
it's the trenches and the trenches uh, have consistently been the the calling card of Michigan over the last two years, at least the two years that they've won the, the, the big 10. And it's not a, that's not a mistake. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about Penn state because James Franklin has these guys. I mean, he got them into a, into a top 10. They remind me a little bit of Georgia in like the, the mid two thousands where they were a really good program with a really good coach. They got a, a bunch of great players, but then they drop a game or two that they shouldn't. And they never actually get up over the hump, but it's enough for me to have them as a wild card. And, and I'm, I cheated because I have two wild cards. Um, but I think that Drew Allen, I mean, Drew Allen, if he can come in and be the dude, then I think that's going to be a, a big deal for them. I mean, we saw what he was. I mean, he's 300 some odd yards and mop up duty every, every now, not a lot of action really, but I think he's got all the talent in the world and no pressure at all. Right. I mean, he's just got to come in and carry this team. Uh, Nicholas Singleton too, that running back that they have over there at Penn state. He was a true freshman last year and it, he carried the load for Penn state. And, and he was just utterly fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a wild card for me in terms of thinking that this school is going to compete for the big 10, but I'm also quite interested to see how things play out in Nebraska this year. Ooh. There's just a lot of storylines over there, including uh, obviously from our backyard, Jeff Sims going up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously Matt rule and, and what he, he's trying to turn around and, and you talk about schools with a, a history trying to get back on track. Certainly there in that discussion, I don't think they're going to be great by any standard, but you know, bowl eligible or, or seven and five, stuff like that. I am interested to see Nebraska, but I, I agree with you on Penn state. It's just at some point they're going to fall flat in the biggest game of the season when they're on prime time in national, you know, televised game. And I'm just like, all right, well, there we go again. Like that, that's what they do. I mean, ho- I hope I'm wrong because I'd love to see a different side of the Big Ten. I would love to see it not just be Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that is probably where we're headed once again. I, I mean, Michigan does travel to Penn State, and if they can get that one earlier in the season, then I think the, then we'll we'll really get them rolling. But I mean, they had they had Ohio State right there at the end of the season, uh, or I guess it was like end of October. I think they played last year around that time. Um, they had them on the ropes for most of that game. And yeah. Penn State's been right there. And I think if you get the elevated quarterback play, I think that might be the thing that puts them over the top. But again, you got to see it before you can pick them. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's he, he uh, James Franklin's been able to get teams very, very close. He was successful at Vanderbilt. And he's overall, I mean, he's won a Big Ten title. He won it in 2016, but he needed a little bit of luck and a little, well, the ball to bounce his way. And Maybe that happens for them in 2022. I, I I have no idea, but I cheated. Like I said, I have one more team that I really want to talk about here is Wisconsin. Okay, Luke Fickle coming. I was going to go. I had I have one more also that I want to mention, but it's not. <laughs> no, Wisconsin. we can absolutely so wanna, do that. I want to hear uh, what no, you got. Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle has been the hottest commodity on the coaching market for the last five years or so. Because I mean, we talked about Ryan Day in Ohio State. There was a rumor. I don't know how much of it, how substantiated it really was, but the rumor that Ryan day was going to go off and go play for, for the Chicago bear or not play, but go coach for the Chicago bears. Well, who is the number one guy to come in and replace him? Luke fickle. Luke fickle has been the, the top name in every single coaching search for the last five years. And he finally moves and he goes to Wisconsin. I, I mean, I, I didn't really have it on my bingo card, but you know, I really like this, this kind of marriage that, that there could be up there. Uh, Phil Longo joins him, the, the UNC offensive coordinator who 
likes to play fast. And, and you know what? He knows how to develop quarterbacks too. He had Drake May and Sam Howell, who Drake May will be playing on Sundays very soon. Sam Howell is starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders. So Phil Longo is a young offensive coordinator who's going to come up there and play fast and they actually learned how to throw the football. So they're going to do a little bit more than just run the ball like when they de- Jonathan Taylor was there. Uh, Tanner Mordecai joins them from SMU, only threw for 72 touchdowns and like 8,000 yards or something like that when he was a Mustang. And and I, I kind of take some credence from the fact that Luke Fickle coached against this guy and said, actually, I want that dude on my team. It's the first call he makes is to go get uh, Tanner Mordecai from SMU to come up there to Wisconsin. So I think they play on the weak side of the con- uh, conference. They could play in a conference title game next year and the first year of Luke Fickle. That defense is still pretty good. And with a, a competent head coach like that, crazier things have happened. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that hire. I, I really am. I, I sounds like you are uh, appreciative yes. of the, what Luke Fickle has done as well. I, I really do like it. I just don't know if it happens that quickly for him up there. Uh, that yeah. remains to be seen. But I, I do think in the future – um, that that is a program that might even replace Penn State as kind of the, the third running mate. Uh, there, you, you know, one one other team there in the Big Ten that it, that is again interested. I, I don't know quite if they have the top end quality. Um, and, and we can make the jokes all we want, but Iowa, man, they're coming in with one of Ooh. the top five defenses in the country again. I, I know they struggle on offense, like I get it, uh, but but. That stuff plays, man. Like that defense plays, and, yeah. and it it keeps them in games. Sometimes wins games that they don't deserve to win. So I don't think they're gonna win the Big Ten, but could they cost someone else a chance to win the Big Ten? Maybe. I, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on what the Hawkeyes have up there too. Yeah, and Ferentz. I mean, the, his son has a job, and I don't know how he still has a job. But you know what he did get is a mandate to score twenty six to or twenty seven points per game. Yeah, or else he gets fired. Um, that's defensive pretty... scores count though. Defensive scores count. They sure do. <laughs> uh, and good for him. Um, but they did get it. I think Cade McNamara actually transferred over there. Uh, and that's going to be a very interesting quarterback situation in, in Iowa. I think if they can put together, if they had a pulse on offense, I mean, yeah. if they were good on offense, they could win the big 10. Yeah. And that's not a crazy thought because that defense is that good. It's legit. Yeah, it's legit. It's a very legit defense. So the Big Ten is going to be a very interesting conference uh, to watch as the season goes on. It's not as top heavy as we like to think down here in the SEC. But let's move over to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, Clemson, of course, is your favorite. FSU is your other favorite, 145 and 150. But Abe Gordon, what is your favorite? Yeah, I'm just not buying the Seminoles, and I really can't buy anyone else in, in the conference, unfortunately. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they aren't there, but I, I just got to see it first. And like you mentioned earlier, we'll see it like in a couple days, and we'll know immediately <laughs> whether or this not week. they. Yeah, we'll know immediately or not in that game, but just overall in terms of whether they can play with Clemson or not. Clemson yeah. is again, and you know this. They just need a little bit. I mean, you talked about what Iowa can get on on offense. They don't need a ton because their defense, kind of like Iowa's, is one of the best in the country. They're going to be elite unit again. Uh, but they've got to get more on offense. Cade Klubnick has got to show something. It didn't work out with DJU. That was a huge setback because uh, Dabo Sweeney had it rolling the way that Georgia's got it rolling, the way that Michigan, Ohio State, and, and Alabama. And, and that's kind of slowed now. It'll be interesting to see. 
if they can rebuild that momentum. And they're going to have to do it on offense. Cade Klubnick has got to be better than what we saw out of DJU and really take the next step from what we saw from him last year. We saw a couple, a little bit from him, but uh, he's got to continue to develop because if they can do what they would like to do on offense mixed with what they can do on defense, not only are we talking about them winning the ACC, I think you talk about them potentially getting into the college football playoffs. Um, oh, yeah. yeah I, I'm just not buying Florida State. I, I, I There's a lot of hype for Jordan Travis, which I don't know if that's legitimate or not either. But, but again, we'll find out in regards to them. Uh, I'm a huge fan, and you mentioned him a couple times, of Drake May. I, I'm a huge yeah. fan of Drake May, but I don't know if they have the talent around him for, for UNC to creep into that discussion. Uh, I'm not buying Miami. Uh, it, it, it pretty much uh, kind of like we said with Texas in the Big 12, it feels to me like this is Clemson's conference and someone else has got to impress and prove to me that it's not. Yeah, it's an interesting situation in the ACC, but really only at the top, like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Clemson and FSU, of course, I think one of those two teams is going to run away with this division. Uh, I think it's going to be Clemson. I, I just yeah. – I need to see Florida State actually put it all together. Mike Norvell, it's a great story. So far, so good. Um, I need to see him finish the drill because I saw them drop some games that they weren't supposed to drop last year. And if they don't drop those, then we talk about this. This conversation's a little bit different. Um, and, and you talked about the offense trying to figure it out for Clemson. Well, all they did is go get Garrett Riley, one of the most sought-after offensive minds in college football, to go pair with uh, Kate Klubnick. Will Shipley is still one of the more dominant running backs in, in college football, not even just the ACC. He's a tough SOB and he runs hard. And I think if you got, if you, as long as you have a running back who does that, you got a shot to win a lot of ball games. And, and that talent on that defense is still immense. I understand yeah. Brent Venables is gone. I understand you're, you're trying to, to start a new generate or student, start a new era really. Uh, and reassert yourself as the top dog in the ACC because gone are the days where Clemson just runs away with the division. Florida State's going to be right there. I think the, the quarterback position is strong for Mike Novell, finally. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do with the pass rush. Uh, I mean, look, I think Florida State has the tools to get this done. It wouldn't surprise me if they beat Clemson once. I have a hard time believing that they can beat them twice. Because to win the ACC, which now is done away with conferences, or divisions, I should say, you're going to have – like if you're a, if you're a Florida State – you're gonna have to beat Clemson twice because you're yeah, not. That gonna, game's they, what week four at Clemson. They right? play the, very early, so it's week the first four game is Clemson. in Death Valley. The first game is at Death Valley, and yeah. I think it's like week three or week four. So you're gonna figure out who, like, what exactly is gonna be happening in the ACC very, very soon in the season. Uh, it's something to be looking forward to. And look, if Florida State loses against LSU on Sunday, which is a very, very ch good chance of that happening, yeah. and they lose to Clemson. Their season's still alive, and they can finish 10-2. and two. We haven't seen a two-loss two team in the college football playoff yet, but if they do something like that, it'd be kind of hard to keep them out, barring, out some, barring some other crazy things that happen. Um, so they need to win at least one of those first two games and then basically run the table for them to make the playoff, I would assume. But that's a different conversation for a different time. What I want to say is Clemson's going to run away with this division. I think that they're going to win it. Uh, I, I think I wouldn't surprise me if they lose once but they're not going to lose twice. So I got to roll with Clemson. But as far as an underdog or a wild card that I'm looking at, I am looking at Miami because I don't know how familiar you are with blue chip rankings, blue chip ratios. 
they have to be above 50% in order to have to, it's like a precursor. It's not necessarily a prerequisite, but it's a precursor is something to help us understand whether or not a team is talented enough to go win a championship. And generally speaking, well, not generally speaking, each of the last champions from the last nine years since this blue chip ratio was first enacted, all nine champions have qualified under the blue chip ratio. 50% or more of the players on the team are a four or a five-star recruit. The Miami Hurricanes qualify. Uh, they're actually 12th in the, the blue chip ratio. I think of like 16 teams across college football. So they have tons of talent. Uh, I want to see what they can do in year two with the, the new head ball coach. But Taylor Van Dyke is actually healthy this year. And if Taylor Van Dyke is healthy and active and can actually complete passes and they keep him on his feet, I think they can be a very interesting team. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you could throw the blue chip rankings out there, but it, 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 there's so many examples of this that it's just like, I've got to see it. Like, like it's the yeah. Penn State thing for me, where it just, I, I get it. Like, you want to be in that discussion. I keep being told you're in that discussion, but then when we sit down to have that discussion, you're not present at the table. And, and so, so I just yeah. got to see it. I know I, I do agree with you about Van Dyke. I, I do think he um, is potentially even the second best quarterback in, in conference. I, I mean, I got Drake may up top and then, you know, I, like I said, I'm not in love with anyone else. Uh, we'll see what Clubman can do. We'll see what Travis can do, but yeah. uh, I can see Van Dyke being the second best quarterback in the ACC. That's obviously going to help, but uh, I just wait, way too many games in the past two years that they, they weren't competitive in or, or, just got ran out the building. So I've got to see a real, I mean, you got to flip that switch for them, for, for me to buy it for them. I'm keeping an eye on Duke as well. Uh, mm. you know, I'm not gonna, They're not going to jump into the Florida State Clemson stuff, but uh, I'm keeping an eye on Duke. I think they get things figured out a little bit more than they did last year. So, Yeah, and, and keeping on Miami here for a second, we're going to figure out who they are very quickly because Texas A&M comes to town week yeah. two. They're gonna get I think that might be a tough game for them. Yeah. We will we will figure out who they are very quickly. And then middle of the season, they they travel to, to North Carolina and then they have Clemson at home. Uh, and then, of course, they, they have Florida State later on in the season. So it's not the easiest of schedules. There's a very good chance that my that, that Mike Norvell, I mean, these guys have a, uh, a, a what an eight and four season. And that's still a pretty good year. I mean, Mario Cristobal, I mean, it's his second year. He had to effectively – he's acting like he's recreating the wheel down there in Miami. He's got talent. You got talent, and you got some some big mouths, that, you know, just in general on that coaching staff who, who, who talked to, talk to the talk. Uh, but then when it came time to it, they didn't really walk the walk, and they, they kind of fell over uh, when it mattered most. And I, I just think they're going to be an interesting team to watch coming up into the season. But, look, they can go 8-4, and four and it could still be a pretty good year for them. Uh, because rebuilding, the term rebuilding is only going to last for so long down in Coral Gables. So let's move over to the SEC. Uh, Georgia, the def two-time defending national champions, uh, they're the favorite, the overwhelming favorite at this point. They are minus 115, the only team in all of college football to have a minus 115 in front of their, uh, their uh, predictions from, from Vegas. Alabama's number two at plus 300. LSU at pl plus one, uh, 450. Uh, so Abe Gordon, what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I do think Georgia is the best team in the SEC. I think they're the best team in the country. And, mm -hmm. and uh, 
yeah, they have some questions that they did that at least last year they didn't have. Um, you know, but they, they, they had those questions two years ago. So, uh, you know, figuring out what you're getting out of Carson Beck at quarterback, uh, I'm not going to overreact to not having Stetson Bennett there. Like Stetson was great. Yeah. He did what he needed to do, but realistically, mm-hmm. if we can be honest here and I'm not trying to be offensive, it was still Stetson Bennett. Like, like, like come on. Um, it, it's not like you're losing Tim Tebow over there and, and you have to figure out the path of the quarterback there. Uh, product of the environment. And, and I think that's the point is you, you can put Carson Beck right in there and, and not lose much on offense. Obviously the defense is going to be rolling. They got some running back issues and, and, and all that stuff, but they're just the best team. Like, like, like I, I don't see where anyone else is even close. I don't buy Alabama. I think LSU's yeah. taking a step back. If anything, the team you mentioned a, a, a couple of moments ago that's going to be heading to South Florida to take on the Hurricanes. I'm interested to see what Texas A&M has because that's a yeah. team that has, I mean, at least in the Jimbo Fisher era, perennially underachieved. And, you know, talk about Penn State being ranked in the top seven. How many preseason top five rankings, top eight rankings is Texas A&M going to get before people start to wake up? Now it's kind of flipped where, where the expectations are a little bit lower. They maybe have been passed by LSU, at least observationally. Uh, be interested to see if they can climb back into that discussion. They learned a lot last year. They, they had yeah. to play a lot of young guys. Those young guys are now second-year starters. So uh, I, I'm keeping an eye on Texas A&M, but ultimately I don't think it matters who comes out of the West, be it Alabama, be it LSU, be it A&M, any other team you want to line them up there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium that first or, or second Saturday, whatever it is, in in, in December – I yeah. think Georgia's going to win the SEC again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they're the best <laughs> team in the conference. Like you said, they're the best team in the country. Um, I, I don't think that there's a glaring weakness at all on this roster. I, I think Carson Beck is – I mean, I want to see what Carson Beck does when sure. he's actually in a situation where, you know, you're down 14 points to Ohio State in the Peach Bowl. What do you do? You're on the road in Columbia, and, and you have a chance to – you might lose a pretty embarrassing game to Missouri. What do you do? Um, you're, I mean, what's sure which Columbia you were going with there for a second? I was trying to figure out <laughs> only the one Columbia that they almost lost in, the other one that uh, Georgia kind of rolled, yes, they the, did. the Gamecocks <laughs> in South Carolina. But no, the I'm interested to see what Carson Beck does in those situations. Um, but I think he was very upfront and honest when he talked to, I think it was Reese Davis or, or, or I don't remember who he talked to, maybe it was uh, Kirk Herbstreit or something, one of the podcasts that ESPN did, but. He was your starter for Georgia uh, back when Stetson Bennett was the backup and he was supposed to be just a practice squad guy and Carson Beck wasn't ready to go. And he said that and he freely admitted that. And Carson, and, and of course, Carson Beck got usurped and uh, Stetson Bennett started the game and the rest is history. They won two national championships and Carson Beck stayed on the roster and now he's ready to go. And he, he says that he is. And I think that's a really good learning opportunity and something that look, he says he wants to go win a national title of his own. So I don't think complacency is going to be a big issue. Kirby Smart's going to have the guys ready to, to, to kind of roll over there in Athens. So I think they're the best team, and I think that the talent complements the, the mentality. So it, until proven otherwise, I mean, they haven't lost, they've lost one game in the last two years. And that was an SEC title game against Alabama, a team that they beat two, ga- two games later. So until anything changes in the SEC, I'm not going to bet against the dogs. Um, but I like, I like your wild card because Texas A&M is, is going to be my wild card. Yeah. Connor Wegman plus Bobby Petrino. 
could potentially be one of the more electric combinations, offensive coordinator to quarterback quarterback in all of college football. As much as we don't like Bobby Petrino in this state, he's a good offensive coordinator. You know, like the dude knows how to call an offensive game plan. My biggest question mark is can Jimbo Fisher get out of his own way? Yeah. Because the hubris of Jimbo Fisher has plagued him time and again. And until he actually fully and truly gets out of the way, I'm not 100% going to be on board with Texas A&M. We talked about the blue chip ratio. Texas A&M is right there with the University of Georgia as one of the most talented teams in the country. They're right there with the Ohio States and the Alabamas and everybody else. They're really, really talented. But until Jimbo Fisher gets out of his own way, I'm not going to believe that they can actually do it. But as far as a wild card is concerned, we saw what they did to, to LSU in the final game of the season that they played last year. They surprised him. And, uh, and they came up and bit them and, and almost derailed what LSU was trying to do. Um, they're a wild card for me as well. I, I, I don't necessarily buy what you were saying about LSU. I think LSU is probably going to be the team that faces Georgia again in the SEC title game. I'm really excited to see what they can do with that. But again, they got to go through Tuscaloosa, which is it's kind of crazy that we've gone almost an entire segment on, SC, on the SEC and haven't talked about Alabama at all. Um, look, Jalen Milrow, I think they're going to run the ball very effectively. I don't know if that's going to work if they end up going up against the University of Georgia in the SEC title game, but it'll work against Tennessee. It'll work kind of well, I'd say, against uh, against a team like LSU, who they have to play at home. Um, so we'll see what happens in the SEC West, but I think it's going to be a very interesting race on the Western side, the Eastern side. What about Tennessee? Do you buy them? No. I didn't buy them last year, uh, so I certainly am not buying them this year when they've Lost what they lost at receiver and at quarterback and having to replace yeah. that. It, it just – it was a nice story while it lasted. Uh, you know, the Hendon Hooker thing in terms of the Heisman run that he was on for a while was great. Um, and then they came to Georgia, and it was 21 nothing before I got into my car that day. Yeah. And uh, it was like, forget about it. But uh, – It was over with. No, I, I'm not buying them. I don't buy this – you know, everyone wanted to try to make a big deal out of like South Carolina, how they finished the season – uh, with how they looked in the in the past, last couple of games, I, I cool like cool story, bro. But like, it just all feels <laughs> irrelevant compared to what Georgia's going to do to the SEC East. Uh, yeah. They may have their own storylines, but it, it's it, you know we talked about Florida and Graham Mertz and going to Utah, and and again, like all right, like here's a golf clap for you, but like Georgia's going to be over there winning the SEC East by five touchdowns, so like. <laughs> It's tough to really drum that up. It's so much more interesting, like you said, who comes out of the West, Mm -hmm. because I do think you have a real big battle uh, of two or three teams at the top there. The SEC East, I don't think has that. Yeah, and then then you get into your Arkansas, like a Raheem Rocket Sanders and K.J. Jefferson and Ole Miss with Old Lane in that offense with Spencer Sanders, probably the most prolific quarter, one of the more prolific quarterbacks uh, that, that came back to college football. He transferred in from Oklahoma yeah. State. It's going to be a very interesting. I mean, I, I didn't even mention Hugh Freeze at Auburn mm-hmm. and Peyton Thorne, who just transferred down from Michigan State. I mean, the, the West is stacked. It's quite stacked. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting conference or division indeed as we move into the, the regular season. All right, Abe. We're going to move into our college football playoff prediction. This is our final little bit. And, and we're going to do this every week, uh, not necessarily our college football playoff final fours, but we're going to roll through and kind of give our thoughts on who we have and who we would have in our, in our playoff based off of the action that we've seen 
um, over the course of the season, but just up until we get to week eight, when we actually see the real one. Uh, but until then, we can only kind of predict. So, Abe, I'm going to let you go first. You have the honors. Who are your four teams as of right now, preseason after week zero? Yeah, I- I've been trying to think about this because the only team I'm confident is getting to the playoffs undefeated is Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I- I- so now I'm trying to figure out we're going to have one loss teams in the playoffs. We always do. I'm trying to decide even if a two loss could sneak in, but I'm going to go with this. Georgia's getting in. Uh, I think even if they lose to Alabama, Texas can run through the rest of the big 12. And I do think Texas is going to get in. Uh, I do not think that SC is going to be good enough this year. I I just think as we talked about when we discussed the PAC 12, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington. Someone's going to jump up and get them. Uh, I'm going to go with Ohio State. Uh, I do think they get by Michigan. I don't think they get there undefeated, uh, but I'll go with Ohio State. And uh, I'll go with Alabama as a one loss uh, out of the SEC West. I'll go with Alabama as a one loss out of the SEC West. They'll have a win. This is all hypothetical, right? But they'll have a win over Texas. That's going to help their cause. If they win the SEC West, uh, you know, you'll have wins over A&M. You'll have wins over LSU. Uh, So I will go with them as as the four seed behind, like, Texas as the two seed, Georgia as the one, and Ohio State as the three. Let's go with that. Okay. Okay. I I can roll with that. I kind of like that. We've – it's been a very consistent theme with the college football playoff that we've started having two from one conference. Yeah. Um, we've had that now three years in a row, I believe, uh, because in 2020 you had Notre Dame, which yes, they were in the ACC at the time and Clemson playing in the, in that final four. And then the year and next year was Georgia and Alabama. And then you have um, who would have been, oh, then of course it was uh, Michigan and Ohio state last year. So this, and then we had a, uh, Georgia and Alabama in 2017 as well. So it's not an uncommon thing to see in the playoff the, to having two teams from one conference. So it doesn't surprise me. I don't think we see that this year, though. Um, and I told myself, I kept trying to predict who these teams were going to be as I was doing some prep for this. And I, I kept saying to myself, I'm, I'm just going to do it on the spot because there's so much that could happen. And I have a lot of different variables that I could throw in there. Yeah. But I just I'm just going to pick the four teams that, I think I'm the most bullish on as of right now. And GGA, of course, is, is going to be your number one team. I, I just can't pick against them until until I see somebody come up and jump on them. And maybe they do lose one. Maybe they get, they fall asleep at the wheel at some point. I don't think it's going to be Tennessee, but it could be an Ole Miss. I think that could be an interesting con- a, a contest for them. But uh, I think they make the tournament, or at least the Final Four. Michigan is going to be my second team, I think, until they get knocked off. Like I said, I think they're the best team in the Big Ten. Uh, I think J.J. McCarthy is the best quarterback that they've had to this point. Um, I am going to go with USC because I yeah. think they are, they're not good. They're not going to be good enough to win a title. Um, at least a national title, I should say, because I don't think that they're going to they struggle with like a Michigan or something or a Georgia when they, if they actually got to that level. Um, but if, if it's not Oregon coming out of the PAC 12, it's going to be USC. Um my fourth team is Texas. I think Texas is a really good team. I think they've got the quarterback. I think they've got the coach. I think they've they've got two wide receivers who complement them. They're deep at the skill positions, but they finally have the offensive line figured out. And I think if they can figure out the rest of this de- the defense and, and continue to play well, then I think they're going to be that fourth team and they're going to they're going to win the Big Twelve. Let me ask you one question, just based on you and I having a 
left off the same team, and that's Clemson. What, what mm-hmm. gets in Clemson's way this year? Because we talked about it when we were discussing the ACC. I mean, things fall in their favor. They've yeah. got that game against Florida State at home early in the season. Why do you not have, and I didn't either, um, mm-hmm. why do you not have Clemson in that group? Because I have them losing to Florida State, that, okay. that first game that they play. Uh, and like I said, I have Clemson in. If we have the, the next two out, yeah. the next two out are probably sure. going to be Ohio State and Clemson. So that's just what it would be if that's if those are my last two, my, my next two. So Clemson, I think they dropped that game. And then if they're one a one-loss team and then maybe a conference champion, I think they have a good shot. Yeah. But Texas losing potentially only one. I, it's a really difficult situation for all of you. I think it's going to be a really interesting year just in general, because you have your best teams who are replacing quarterbacks, Ohio State, Georgia, uh, Alabama, and then you have some upstart teams who are bringing quarterbacks back, like a Bo Nix, like a Caleb Williams, uh, like a Michael Penix, like a uh, Kate Klubnik, Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, J.J. McCarthy, if you technically count him, he didn't really have a full season, but I, I'm going to count it. Those are teams who are bringing back talented quarterbacks. So generally what happens when you're in these situations, chaos. So I think we're going to have a little bit of chaos, and the chaos is going to be good for college football. It makes makes our lives very easy uh, on college football game time. Well, that's that is our first show, college football overtime. So of course you have college football game time on Saturday mornings uh, from eight o'clock to noon all throughout the season. So we're college football overtime because we're the extras. You know, we're we're going to kind of finish out what we we miss, and then we can kind of react and give early thoughts on on what we're uh, going to be doing over the weekend. Abe, any more, any, any parting thoughts, any, anything else for the regular season? No, we're just, I mean, it's just a couple days now, man. It's so nice to be finally breaking down some games, start oh. the Heisman watch list, like all of it. I've got my four screen set up right over there. They're going to be all rocking and rolling starting Good Thursday, man. but certainly on Saturdays, all four screens will be uh, zoned in. So we're, we're ready to roll, man. Absolutely. And we'll be back with all of you every single Monday morning. So we're going to kick off our Mondays. The right way with college football conversation right here. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. We are college football overtime. We'll see you next week.